the Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. We have Dr. Kathy Greenberg on the phone. And between uh, Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And today, our show features Stan Novak of HMS Hosts. Let me give you a little bit of background about Stan. Stan is the Vice President uh, in concept of Concept Development for Bethesda, Maryland, HMS Host Corporation. HMS Host is a world leader in creating dining and shopping concessions for travel venues, which operates in more than 100 airports around the globe, including 20 of the busiest airports in North America and more than 100 motorway travel plazas throughout the U.S. and Canada. We'll ask Stan some questions to uh, find out a little bit more about what he does and about branding, and hopefully that will be useful for you, our listeners. Kathy and I want to bring you the best in current leadership topics. We have interviews with proven leaders, and we provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organizations. And the reason we do this is that we know that leaders are the heartbeat of the organization. Most leaders, though, underestimate just how much influence they have over others, and thus they and their teams underperform. If you could do just a few things differently, that can drastically improve your performance and your organization. So through these shows, there's a lot of different topics that we have that we like to cover, how to develop more leaders in your organization, what happy companies know about performance, emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies, brain and neuroscience, generation and gender differences, work-life balance, strategies for managing your boss, self-management tools. And today, uh, our guest, like I mentioned, is Stan Novak. And Stan, you want to say hi? Hi, how are you? We're going to bring you back and ask you a lot more uh, extensive questions once we get going. But so why are we talking so much about leaders on our show, Leadership Development News, well, we know that leaders have 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. Leaders are the emotional thermostat for their team, and the reason is emotions are contagious. And we also know the key to being a star performer, who is our definition, someone performing in the top 10%, is emotional intelligence when compared to IQ or technical expertise. And if you can get your leaders into the top 10%, they are twice as productive and produce twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 11th through the 89th percentile. Both Kathy and I are uh, certified executive coaches, and we know when you bring coaching to your organization, um, you can increase satisfaction in the organization by as much as 50%. So if you want more information in regards to uh, Kathy Greenberg, her information or her website is www.h2cleadership.com, and she has happiness books, tools, and speaking keynotes in leadership and coaching services. And if you more, uh, want more information from me, Dr. Relly Nadler, I can be reached at www.truenorthleadership for emotional intelligence books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and 
coaching boot camps. So let me give a little bit more extensive uh, bio for Stan Novak. I mentioned he's the Vice President of Concept Development for HMS Corporation. Now, HMS Host is a world leader in creating dining and shopping concessions for travel venues. I'm sure all of us on the phone have been through um, some of their venues at airports. They operate in more than 100 airports around the globe, including 20 of the busiest, and more than uh, 100 motorway travel plazas throughout the U.S. The company also operates the destination retail stores at the Empire State Building and the Johnson Space Center. HMS Host was the first to introduce brands into airports and travel plaza environments in the early 1980s, and we'll ask Stan more about that. Today, the company has more than 300 international, regional, and proprietary brands in its concept portfolio, including an exclusive relationship with brand consumers uh, who prefer, uh, such as Starbucks. Mr. Novak's leadership has accelerated the evolution of airports from mere stopovers to destinations, reflecting the shift from fast food only to quick, casual, full-service, sit-down restaurant offerings. He oversees the casual dining, theme restaurants, and entertainment concepts categories for the HMS host. He has been recognized as one of uh, Marketing 100 by the uh, Advertising Age. Mr. Novak was responsible for the creation, development, and implementation of the Cheers branded theme restaurant concept based on the television series. He leads HMS host creative teams that work with popular names to develop proprietary brand concepts such as the Fox Sports Skybox, Jose Cuervo Tequileria, uh, Casa Bacardia, and Bacardi, and Duar's Clubhouse, among others. He's won numerous different awards that I won't uh, go into just so that we can get him back on the, uh, on the line. And welcome, Stan, to the show. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. And we have also Kathy on the line. And Kathy, you want to maybe start us off with some of the questions? I would love to. Um, I am uh, very happy to know Stan. We met um, at the multi-unit franchising uh, development conference, and I was awed by Stan's uh, perspective on the franchising business and branding. And Stan, you've won so many awards. You've won the Chairman's Award. You've won the President's Award from American Beverage Institute, Best Merchandising Programs from Adams Publishing, um, Most Innovative Concessions from the Airports Council of uh, North America. Tell me, how have you become the leader you are, and, and who influenced you as a leader? Well, it, I... My arrival at this position uh, was sort of a circuitous route. Um, I actually started in human resources at a hospital in New York City. And um, after doing a number of years there, I came on board with, at this time, at that time the company was called Host International, when they moved into the New York market and got the um, food and beverage concessions uh, contract from the Port Authority for uh, JFK LaGuardia and Newark airports. A lot of people who travel... Um, don't realize that when they do travel, they're doing business with us because our name doesn't appear usually on the concessions that we operate. But if you patronize a Starbucks or a Chili's or a Burger King or a Pizza Hut or a Sbarro's or any of those uh, brands, you'll look at the bottom of the receipt and you'll see HMS Host. You know you've been transacting business with us. Um, in terms of who influenced me, I guess it would start back um, with my parents and the uh, the 
the, the values and work ethic that they had imbued me with. And then I would look at the leaders within our own organization. Um, I've been with the company a number of years. I'm coming up on 35 years with the organization. And I've met a lot of people within the organization, without the organization, and have all influenced me. Um, the other influences on my background, um, probably my education. Um, I have an undergraduate degree in psychology, um, and I fully intended to pursue um, a, a professional field in the field of psychology. However, uh, while I was going to college, I also worked quite a bit, and I, I really enjoyed uh, the challenges involved in the uh, work environment. So I was looking for a way to combine the two uh, two parts of psychology and work, and I found a program, graduate program at Columbia University called Personnel Psychology. Uh, I went into that program, and it really uh, tied the two uh, my two interests together, and um, it allowed me to pursue both of my major in, in, uh, interests, and it gave me, I think, a unique perspective on business and business relationships, the psychological background as well as. Uh, as a business itself and dealing with people. Um, I have, uh, being with the company, I moved into operations for a while, uh, ran a few airports for a while, then moved on into food and beverage management. And then in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, uh, our business started changing into branding, and I was interested in moving in that direction and pursuing that and started working on bringing brands that were very prevalent on the street, into the airport environment. Um, and, and really, it was the beginning of a movement in which now we refer, a lot of people refer to airports and, and motorways as almost like shopping malls with the various options that are available to the consumers. Um, and one of the things that I love to do now, which is um, I, I get a lot of satisfaction out of, is developing our own brands. In other words, taking a brand that the consumer knows and turning it into a living, breathing, experiential entity. For example, um, uh, one that we've had a lot of success with is something is something called the Jose Cuervo Tequileria, where we started working with a tequila brand, worked with that brand, identified the brand attributes, um, the brand experiences, the brand wheel, and then taking those attributes and converting it into a restaurant concept, which had never been done before. And... Um, it's very interesting when you start working on this project in a conference room with a bunch of stickies on flip charts. And today we have uh, about 16 of these up and running and probably sales in excess of $50 million, and that's just one particular brand. That's, that's fascinating. Um, let me ask you a couple more questions, Dan, just about this. So let's say maybe that one, for example, the, the Jose Cuervo. How did that, how did that idea come up? Um, you know, is it people sitting around the table saying, you know, we need to get a different brand, and, and is it a, kind of a brainstorming process, or, or does someone come in with that? Did you come in with that? How does, how does that happen? Um, what we try to do is we do a lot of research with our consumers. Um, we do a lot of focus groups, and we do a number of intercept interviews. And what we try to do is figure out what our consumer is looking for, what they'd like to see within our venue environment. And... Um, then we also tie in um, research. Um, one of the things that, that I'm charged with is looking somewhat into the future and to see what the trends are and how the trends impact our business and what we can do to uh, keep on top of those trends. 
And, for example, and, and we can go back to the Jose Cuervo uh, or the Tequila Rear example, um, when we started working on that, Latin foods were becoming extremely popular. And in working, we looked at the leading brand in that category in terms of trying to tie in an adult beverage concept along with the food concept. And Jose Cuervo was the leading tequila brand in that category, still is. And approached them about developing a restaurant concept around that particular brand. And, and nobody had ever done that before. It was the first for them. Mm. Um, the, you know, br- approaching brands like that, um, there's a lot of trepidation on the brand part because you're talking about multi-million dollar brands who spend, you know, literally millions of dollars advertising their brand and have developed a huge brand equity. And going to entrust us uh, with their brand equity. Right. Well, we'll be right back with Leadership Development News, so stay tuned. The Bottom Line in Business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 this is ed hanway CEO of Cigna Corporation. Join us in celebrating all babies, those born healthy, and those who need help to survive. Go to marchofdimes.com and tell your special baby's story. Read other stories, too. And while you're there, learn how you can help the March of Dimes fight premature birth and give babies a healthy start. What a wonderful way to celebrate babies. Marchofdimes.com. Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and 
and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and H2C to your team, visit her blog at kathygreenberg.com. That's Kathy with a C, greenberg.com. And click on the H2C link. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with uh, Stan Novak the VP of Concept Development for HMS Host Corporation. And before the break, we were talking about uh, branding with Jose Cuervo Tequileria, and you were talking about um, just the idea of getting them to trust you with their brand. And maybe just for our listeners, you can talk a little bit about what, you know, what is a brand, why is this so important, and then the, the hurdle of getting a company to, to trust you to uh, expand their brand. Okay, I think one of the things, if you think back to, um, you know, if, if you think back to the mid-80s, um, when you traveled and went through an airport or a train station or traveled along a turnpike, and there was no branding. I mean, we, basically the consumer would stop, there'd be a snack bar, there may be a restaurant or something like that, but it didn't have an identity to it. It was just, everything was the same, uh, generic food and beverage available. And one of the things that we discovered, again, going back to the late 80s, early 90s, was branding, um, consumer branding was becoming a much more important part of the overall fabric of, of purchasing behavior in the United States. And I guess the, the, in, in a capsulated format, a brand is a promise. Um, it brings a comfort level to the consumer. If you walk into, and we'll take our primary venue, which is airports, and you walk in and you see airport food and beverage, and that's the sign out there, you don't know what it is. But if you were to walk in and see something like uh, Pizza Hut or Chili's or Friday's or Gallagher's or Sabaro's or Starbucks, that brand uh, gives you a promise. You, you have an expectation of what you're going to receive when you walk inside that brand. What I try to do in the brands we develop in, internally um, and, and try to bring brands to life in, in our venues is the fact that I want to use that consumer brand, whether it's Jose Cuervo or Bacardi or, or any of the other brands that we have that we develop internally, or going back to Cheers or Fox Sports, use that brand has, uh, has set up an expectation in the consumer's mind. And we want to capitalize on the next expectation and deliver on what the consumer uh, expects. When you walk into a, a restaurant that says tequila rear on the outside, you have a certain expectation of what's going to happen inside that. And we try to fulfill that, uh, that uh, expectation. Our obligation is to protect the brand, the brand integrity, um, and, and dealing with a brand and trying to convince them to deal with us is, is a difficult hurdle. We have to assure them that we're going to do nothing to harm their brand and only enhance the brand experience. Because, again, our name is not on the outside of the facility. It's the brand name on the outside of the facility. And if we don't deliver on the promise and the expectation, 
the brand is the one who's going to hear about it as far as, you know, I was in your place in this particular location and I had a really bad experience. So we're continually on top of that. We, we put together a number of safeguards, a number of inspections, a number of training programs, working with our folks and so on and so forth to ensure that whatever we do, we deliver on the brand promise. Stan, I'm just so fascinated by this. How, how then do you take uh, a U.S. brand, for example, and, and make it truly global? I think one of the things that we found out, um, no matter where we go, and, and we and our parent company operate all over the world. We're in Europe, Asia, Australia, New Zealand, um, and so on, UK, etc. And what we found out is that regardless of what people think about us and our politics, people love U.S. brands. They love American brands. And it doesn't matter. It can be a food brand, a retail brand, an apparel brand. But I found out wherever we go, they love American brands. So the the important thing when we take a brand and we try to put it, you know, uh, um, across the water or in different locations is to make sure that the brand itself has broad appeal and has the ability to adapt to the local market while still maintaining brand integrity. For example, if you go into Australia, uh, McDonald's serves hamburgers with fried eggs and beets on them, and that's something that's expected in that particular market. In, if you go into Arabian countries, um, chilies will not have alcohol in the menus. They'll have a number of smoothies and non-alcoholic drinks. And they may have different entrances for men and women, depending on the country that you go into. So I think the, the secret with taking um, um, a brand that's, that's in the U.S. is getting it to translate into an international market. And there's no you know, one place it can translate. Depending on the market you're going in, you have to adapt to that particular market. And then you still have to maintain the essence of the brand. You can't destroy the brand in the process. So along, along with the branding um, and then convincing these uh, companies that you're going to enhance that, like, what does that process look like? I'm sure it's a series of meetings with top level and, and they're interested in the bottom line. But on some level, I imagine it really comes down to trust and, and your your track record. It, it It is a question. You know, we, we have franchise or licensing agreement with all the brands that we deal with. Um, whether we've developed the brand internally or when using a consumer brand as the overall umbrella or it's a brand that's out on the street, um, we have various franchising and licensing brands. And built into those agreements are the uh, protections. Um, we, we have very set, uh, when we deal with our associates and management, um, for example, we might send a manager, if we're opening up a Chili's, we might send that manager for 10 weeks of training to a Chili's uh, training center. Um, if we're opening up and when we're doing associate training to make sure they're, they're well-versed in what it is that uh, they have to do, we ensure that prior to opening that particular facility, we have a minimum of five days training before we open, and then we have follow-up five days while, you know, the first week of training, and then we have periodic follow-up training. Um, and that goes, uh, you know, all the way up our organization. We even have uh, executive-level mini-seminars, so the top management of the company is well aware of what's required on the brand side. Hmm. And do people from the organization, the branded organization, come in and, 
in shadow or, or evaluate what's going on? Yeah, they do. We have our own uh, quality assurance and mystery shopper programs uh-huh. in which uh, we have people who go in and shop our facilities and then provide us with feedback. We also have our own QA people who go in to make sure from a health, safety, and sanitation perspective that we're doing a good job. And the brands themselves inspect us. Um, and then give us uh, reports on how well we're doing in terms of their perspective, and there are a number of parameters that we're measured on. I'm just curious, Stan, how do you decide which airports and and which brands uh, to go with? Well, what we do is when we're looking at an airport or going after, um, you know, uh, trying to uh, secure a contract at a particular airport, we study that, that airport. We look at the passenger behavior, we look at the airlines, and then, like a lot of business would do out on the street, we lay out the airport into various zones. And then what we do is we look at the passengers in a particular zone. We look at the length of the flight, long haul or short haul. We look at the airlines in that particular zone. We look at the number of passengers. And then what we try to do is come up with a mix of brands that will satisfy the needs of the passengers. So we'll have some QSR or quick-serve brands. Then we might have one or two quick-casual brands, and then we might have casual dining brands. And then in some, some select areas, depending on where it is, for example, in an international terminal, you may have a celebrity chef concept because you have much, much longer dwell times or longer times that the passenger is going to be sitting there. They have more time. They're going on a long flight. They may want a better meal. So, for example, in JFK British Airways Terminal, we have a restaurant with Todd English um, called Todd English Bonfire. Um, and Wow. Todd English is on yep. Queen Mary, too. That's right. <laughs> I also understand he's going to be on the Queen Victoria. Um, but he's all over, you know, with his, he's in the Bellagio Hotel, he's in Aspen, Colorado, he's in Boston, um, San Francisco, Seattle, and so on and so forth, and over in, in Asia as well. So we have an arrangement with Todd English where we have some of his restaurants that we're opening up. We have three of them right now in operation, and we're opening up a fourth one. And again, it is, is everybody going to patronize it? No, but a uh, certain select number of passengers will come into that particular, uh, particular venue, they're looking for a sitting, sit-down experience, they're looking for a quality of food, they're looking for um, you know, just an overall dining experience, which is endorsed and, and basically set up by Todd English. Well, it's interesting, as you're speaking, I'm thinking, how does HMS Host get competing brands uh, to join forces, if you will, at an airport location? Um, one of the things that we try to do is, because we're operating in a, in a different uh, type of environment out on the street, and we don't have the luxury of a lot of space. Our space is constrained. I mean, typically we'll have, you know, maybe 500 to 1,500 square feet in which we build a facility. We're trying to create as much variety as possible. And, um, for example, in Atlanta Airport, we have in one space a combination Cinnabon, uh, Burger King, and Chick-fil-A. Um, and... We have worked with the brands, convinced the brands that um, we put up firewalls between the various brands so we don't share information um, you know, from one brand to another brand. And over time, the brands have learned to trust us to execute their brands and not share information. And um, I think one of our core competencies is the ability to operate multiple brands under one management structure. And... Um, you know, if I, if I had to identify one thing that we can do probably better than anybody else in this business is to do that where, 
you know, you could go in a particular airport, um, uh, Chicago O'Hare, for example, you might see 50 or 60 brands being operated under one management structure. So that does sound like a, you know, quite a key uh, competency uh, for you. And um, one of the things that we, we want to mo- get a little more information is, you know, how is, uh, and I, I hear that we're going to go to a, a break now, so when we come back, we'll, we're talking with Stan Novak, and we're going to hear about how do you, how has HMS Host gone from 50 to over 100 franchises? This is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and H2C to your team, visit her blog at kathygreenberg.com. That's Kathy with a C, greenberg.com. And click on the H2C link. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. This is Leadership Development News, and we're talking with Stan Novak from HMS Host. And before the break, we were just moving into 
the uh, idea of how did HMS Host go from 50 brands now or 50 franchises now to over 100 franchises? So, Stan, yeah, well, maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Um, going back a little bit, when we started getting into branding, um, we started very slowly. We had one or two brands that we started off with. I believe our first couple of brands were Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Mm. And what happened over time is that, um, again, even with, like with the, what I said about the internal brands, it took a lot of convincing on the external brands to convince them to want to go into the airport environment or the motorways environment and convince them that we would be able to execute the brand the way they wanted them to do, they wanted us to do. And so slowly but surely, we started bringing brands into the portfolio. Um, it, in in terms of of trying to fill out what it is that the passenger was asking for, how do we determine the brands? Um, I go back to there, there's a few things. We have some outside influences. First of all, we're very much. You know, if I concentrate on the airport venue, we're very much impact what happens with the air travel industry in the country. Um, after uh, if I go back to after nine eleven. Um, there was some concern as to where this business was going. Would we still be in business? Um, you know, how would this whole thing evolve? And what actually happened over time is, uh, well, first of all, after 9-11, I think we were the first concessionaire to be back in business. We were up and running um, within three days. And what a lot of people didn't realize was what happened behind the scenes to get us up and running and what the adaptation we had to do to, to make that happen. For example, um, we were not allowed to have knives in our facilities. Now, for those who are familiar with a restaurant, uh, try to figure out how to operate a restaurant without knives. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to adapt of how we handled the food, what kind of food. We had to adapt with the menus and so on and so forth. And uh, like those instances, when, when the airlines make changes in terms of charging for food, not charging for food, putting food on the planes, not putting food on the planes, charging for pillows and blankets, not charging for pillows and blankets, charging for baggage and so forth, all of that even if it's directly related to us or not directly related to us, impacts our business. Because if someone has been, um, uh, you know, been charged for tr- checking a bag and get us, gets upset with the airplane or the airline, they're upset with everybody mm-hmm. involved in the airport business. So we look at what the impact is of the changes in the airline business. Then, as I, as I mentioned earlier, we do a lot of focus groups. We do a lot of intercept interviews. We watch what people do. We watch the behavior patterns of people. Um, for example, and if you think about your own experience, when you're in an airport, the first thing you do is check your bag or check in. The next thing you do is you want to get through security because you never know how long it's going to take. So you get through security, you go to your gate hold area, and you want to make sure the plane is there or the plane is on time or whatever. And then you look around, and it's almost like a sphere of influence or a, uh, a comfort a uh, sphere of comfort, and you don't uh, vary too much away from the gate, maybe 100 yards, 200 yards, and so forth, but you want to stay fairly close to your gate. So what we do is when we analyze airports and analyze traffic patterns, we look at the, as I mentioned, we look at the passenger, and then we look at what, what are gaps in our portfolio. What do we need to satisfy the passenger or satisfy the airport authority in that particular location? And we look at it in terms of categories. Um, we have categories such as a burger category, a pizza category, a casual dining category, a sports bar category, and so forth. 
and we look at what the categories are, and then within the categories, we look at our portfolio and what brands we currently have available. And then if we have something within our portfolio, we use that particular thing. If we don't, then we go out and try to uh, strike an agreement with that particular brand. And that's really how our portfolio has grown. So you're starting with a Pizza Hut or Taco Bell in the late 80s, early 90s, to now about 300 different brands that we operate under franchise and license agreements. When you talk about these uh, 300 brands, you make it sound so simple. Um, but HMS Host has, has become the leader in the brand industry. Um, but how do you do that with so many other competitors in the market? I think one of the things we try to do is we look at the, and again, I I keep, it sounds like a broken record, but I keep coming back to the research. We do a tremendous amount of research trying to find out what the passenger is looking for, what the airport authority is looking for, and then what the trends are, trying to stay just ahead of the trends. Um, As I mentioned, when we started working on, on the tequilerias, it was Latin foods. Well, and we're still, Latin foods are still hot, and we're, we're trying to look at different flavors. Um, that's one of the reasons I keep going to, to, to conferences around to see what's new, what's happening, what's different. Um, and we try to stay one step ahead of the competition in terms of trying to foresee what is the next trend, what's going to happen, and then staying on top of that, and then looking at the brands um, and seeing what the trend is going to be with those particular brands. For example, Starbucks. When we started with Starbucks, it was basically a Seattle-based coffee company. It was very much in its infancy. And um, I think you know, one of the things we did was help them grow across the country by introducing them into the airport environment. Um, and we will try to identify brands that we feel that have the potential to growth and maybe hook up with them when they're very um, in, in their infancy and try to look at the potential of those particular brands. We also try to align ourselves with the number one or number two brand in each category so that we have the familiarity with the consumer and so on and so forth. And then we may go out and do something a little bit different. For example, we just um, um, I was just over in Maui where we opened up a new concept, which we think has a lot of legs, with Sammy Hagar. Of, you know, he used to be the lead singer of Van Halen, now has his own band and so forth. We opened up a concept. We developed a concept with Sammy called Sammy's Beach Bar and Grill. And it fits well into a venue in, Ma- in Maui, um, our next stop on that will probably be Las Vegas and so forth. So we we look at those kinds of things as well. And the interesting thing about that one is that you always there are little idiosyncrasies with each brand, but he is donating all of his profits from the facility to local children's charities. Wow, that's fabulous. Um, given I've just I've done a lot of recent traveling, and I'm sure a lot of people on who are listening have the uh, one of the variables that you just talked about, paying for bags, now you have to pay $2 for a soda, um, many flights after, I think, 7 o'clock, don't have dinner now. So given that the different changing in the environment, how, how, does, that, how does that inform you? What changes, given now that, that the passengers have to pay for everything, um, is in, you said, people more frustrated. So what, how do you take that information into some of the changes that you may be doing? Okay, one of the things we do is make sure, because you, you now no longer can carry bottled beverages, which is surprising, a lot of people still are not aware of, can't carry bottled beverages through security. So we make sure we have enough of a variety of unique and different, especially water, which is our probably single biggest selling beverage we have now, but a different variety of beverages packaged in a way that people can take them on board the airplane. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting, just one quick example, when you talk about... Um, 
and this is just one thing that impacted us, but one of the things that we wanted to know was if we were selling bottled sodas and bottled waters, would that airline passenger buy that particular product? Because they can get it um, uh, free on board the airplane. And when we did one of our focus groups, we found we got a resounding, yes, I will buy that particular product. But the reason was very, very interesting. The reason they will purchase the product from us as opposed to waiting until they get it free on the airplane it is all about control. If I purchase that bottle of water from you and I take it on board the plane with me, I control when I consume that bottle of water. I'm not at the mercy of the airline telling me when I can have that, that, that drink and so on and so forth. Um, the same thing is true. We've, we've uh, adapted all of our food items to be portable and packaged to go. And we have um, a large, large takeout business right now where you know, you'll see people take uh, sandwiches, salads, pizza, burgers, and so on and so forth on board the airplane because, number one, they know they're not going to get anything to eat on the airplane. And number two, again, they, they know what they're going to get from us. It's a branded product coming from a brand, and uh, they're sure of what they're going to get. When you talk about brands, you focus on uh, a lot of different issues. I'm curious, uh, Stan, to know if you and HMS Host ever focus on multi-generational issues like the millennials, for example. They have different needs than the boomers or the X and Y generation. Um, we do. We're looking at that now, not only from the perspective of um, what they're looking for in terms of the um, in terms of the food service that they're looking for, but in terms of our employee base or our associate base, um, we just we continually um, try to determine what they want, and and more and more we're finding that the for the millennial generation it's all about choice. They want to decide what it is that they want when they want it, and. <laughs> And uh, as opposed to previous generations, they said, okay, that's a package sandwich or that's a package product, I'll pick that up, and so on and so forth. No, they, they want to decide what they want to do, how they want to do it, how they want it packaged, and so on and so forth. So we're working with that now. We're working with a number of chefs on trying to develop, um, for example, one of the, the, the uh, new concepts that we have is with a chef, um, uh, David Burke, uh, out of New York City. He's got a number of restaurants, and he's also in the Venetian now, but he's got a concept in Bloomingdale's called Burke in the Box, which is an upscale gourmet, primarily takeout business, and we're going to uh, work with him and adapt that particular concept to bring it into the Las Vegas airport and see how it goes. But that type of thing would probably really appeal to the millennials in terms of um, you know, the fact that basically they can decide what they want, how they want it served, how they want it prepared, how they want it boxed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Stan, uh, this is fascinating thinking about uh, all this, and I think especially around the <clears throat> the millennials, like Kathy's talking about, um, having uh, their own specific type of drinks, you know, these kind of energy drinks, um, you know, kind of a, a alternative to caffeine, at least I've seen, and different mm -hmm. names like I've never seen before, you know, but to have all the different kind of different fruits and stuff in that. And is that some of what you try to uh, focus on? And And we'll come back to that. You know, right after the break, and this is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. 
Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at skillsusa.org. Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and H2C to your team, visit her blog at kathygreenberg.com. That's Kathy with a C, greenberg.com. And click on the H2C link. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Stan Novak, who is Vice President of Concept Development or HMS Host Corporation. And uh, before the break, and actually during the break, we were talking about just what you do, Stan, to look at different cultures, different generations as far as, you know, their choices, what it is that, they're, that they want to have as they're in the airport. And maybe you can speak to that. Um, you know, and I think one of the unique things is everybody is stuck at an airport, you know, for anywhere from an hour to multiple hours. 
And uh, so you kind of have a unique demographic there of, of trying to serve people. Yeah, I think we're looking at uh, the needs of the various groups that we serve. Um, when you get into the beverage category, for example, I mean, there are all sorts of new beverages coming out on the market, new age beverages, nutraceuticals, um, and we're looking at all of them. Energy drinks, um, whether it's Red Bull, Rockstar, Monster, that appeals to the younger generation. Mm-hmm. Other things are maybe vitamin water or vitamin-enhanced waters or mineral-enhanced waters and so on and so forth. Um, the other thing is natural sodas. Upscale sodas, something like a Jones soda and a, and a few others that are out there. Juices, unique juices, um, uh, antioxidants, uh, teas, bottled teas, which are... You know, we're using things, you naturally have the green tea, but you also have pomegranate tea, you have uh, enhanced green tea, you have blueberry tea, you have white tea. and So the, the beverage assortment is huge as far as what people are looking for, and we try to look at what people purchase, the purchase patterns, and try to satisfy those particular purchase patterns. Um, and the other thing we're looking at now, and it's coming along very strongly, are natural and organic um, we've even started to bring in organic brands into our portfolio. For example, there's a brand out of Minneapolis called French Meadow, which is basically an organic brand, even to the extent of organic wines, organic beers, and so on and so forth. Another concept we're dealing with is a Turner in Los Angeles. Um, so we're, we're always looking at seeing what's, what are the changes, what are the generational changes, what are the eating patterns, what do people want, and then we go ahead and, and go after those particular brands or products to bring into our portfolio. Dan, as you're talking, I, I can't help but think, how, how does an HMS host develop proprietary concepts? Um, well, I, and I, I can go back to um, the... Um, um, things that we did with, uh, with Jose Cuervo Tequileria or the Bacardi brand and so forth. But um, one of the things we developed, uh, which is now in O'Hare Airport and will soon be going to others, is trying to figure out um, you know, a healthy sandwich deli concept. And we did, did a lot of research. And again, I go back to the research. We did a lot of research, and we have a concept called La, Penda- La Tapanades, which is a Mediterranean deli. Uh, Mediterranean diet is a healthy diet, and that's what we're doing uh, with this particular thing. A lot of Italian foods, Greek foods, uh, healthy sandwiches, healthy products in it, healthy beverages, and so forth. So in terms of developing a brand, what we do is first try to see the need based on either express desire on the part of our consumers, based on observation on our part, uh, based on a request from uh, an airport authority or a local government entity. Um, and then we put together a group um, with various uh, functional input where we'll have people from marketing, people from operations, people from concept development, people from standards, and so on and so forth. And it's a brainstorming group in terms of developing what the concept will be. And then, um, you know, from there we start in developing it, and we follow the same procedures that you would if you were developing a brand out on the street for franchising. And a lot of our internal brands we actually treat like an internal franchise where we actually license our operators to operate them with the agreement that they will follow all the specifications and procedures that are set up. It's amazing. My head is spinning. I know that there's so much that HMS Host does. What is your magic touch? What stands magic touch that makes all these things come together? I, you know, I, I, I don't think there's really a magic touch. 
I think it's a question of a lot of work, a lot of experience. I, I start off with understanding. You need to understand the brand you're dealing with, whether it's a, a brand that you're bringing into the portfolio or the brand that you're developing. Then the customer, uh, the guest, who is going to patronize that particular brand and understand their wants and needs. The country you're going to operate in, because each each brand is going to have to be adapted for the country. The venue that it's going to go in. Is it going to go into an airport? Is it going to go into a train station? Is it going to go into a travel plaza? There are different people, different patrons, uh, different behaviors. And look at the needs of the venue itself, whether it is an airport or a train station or a travel plaza and so forth. Then you need to adapt, let's say it's an external brand, but adapt the brand, and the brand must be willing to adapt. Um, if, if we have a brand that's not willing to adapt and change, we have a problem because we're in such a different type of, uh, of environment. The brand must be willing to adapt and change. And then um, based on new knowledge, based on things that we have, uh, I'm reminded uh, in terms of the change, um, I, I once went to a seminar and I, the, one of the leaders of the seminar said, you know, his, his, uh, one of his favorite words, lines was, if you, if you always do what you always did, you will always get what you always got. So there's no change. You have to constantly change and so forth. Um, and I guess, in summary, constant learning, trying, adapting, combining, planning, and occasionally failure. And you learn a lot from all that. Well, you're amazing, whatever you do, and, and I want to thank you so much for all the things that you do to help all of us stay healthy and be well and be happy and have choices with HMS Hostess. We travel so much, both Relly and I, and I'm sure many of our listeners. Relly, don't you agree? Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, and, and I think as we bring us to a close, Stan, maybe you know, if people had some more questions that they wanted to ask you or follow up or had some ideas for HMS Host, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you? Uh, probably my email would be the best. It would be stan.novak, N-O-V, like in Victor, A-C-K, at hmshost.com. Okay. Great. Well, any last words, uh, Stan, that you'd like to say before we... Um, it's just been an interesting time. It's, it's, uh, I really enjoy what I do, and I appreciate the opportunity to share it with uh, everybody. I wish you could tell us what you're doing next. <laughs> if I did that, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> well, I'd rather stay around and see what it is so I can taste it. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks a million. You're welcome. And this has been Leadership Development News, and we've been talking with uh, Stan Novak, of HMS Host, and you can see how uh, Stan and his organization are just on the cutting edge of knowing our needs as travelers. What do we need? What do we want? And how do they, in these changing times, you know, make us as most as comfortable as we can? So, thank you very much. This is Leadership Development News. We'll be back next week.
You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg well, and Willie Nadler. We sincerely fun. hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. Up-to-date business and financial news. Money, money. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. 